welcome to the Lifehouse Church Beloved Podcast. I'm Lena Hobson and I'm here with Carolyn Thomas and Debbie Singh. How are you going, ladies? Great. Thank you. So we're continuing on with our Colossians series. We're looking at chapter 3. So we're going we're gonna to pick up from where we were talking about last week. So last podcast we spoke about um, how we just set our hearts and set our minds on the things above and you know how it's such a powerful motivator for us that if we've got our hearts and minds set on earthly fleshly things that is what we're going to desire and crave and seek after but if our minds are set on the things above and on godly things that is what we are going to desire and crave and seek after and Romans 8 6 tells us that the mind governed by the flesh is death but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace so that's why it's so important for us to be in the word and renew our minds and um, be able to take um, our thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ. Okay, so we're going to just continue on now with um, chapter 3 and we're still at the very start. So we're at um, verses 1 to 4 which says, Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. So we're going to talk about now, um, your life is now hidden with Christ in God. So what does that mean, and what does that look like? Do you want to go, Debbie? Yeah, so, well, this is my understanding of it. Uh, old, like your old life, so the way that you were before, is, and and all your old behaviours are gone, because all is covered with Christ, and to not do as you once did, basically. So to, um, yeah, for that to all be gone and hidden, so that I, I've, I really struggle with the hidden with Christ, to be honest. Um, I looked up a few different places you know what it could mean and one place that hidden as in hidden for us to be seen when for us to be seen when he returns Mm -hmm. so I took that as you know we are we're hidden like hidden under his sort of like under his protection protection. yeah yeah Yeah. so yeah right yeah I'll talk to that yeah good (laughs) that was one I wasn't really 100% sure on so yeah so that that verse we're looking there for you died and your Mm. life is now hidden with Christ and God so I'll first look at that for you died um you know as Christians we've spiritually died to the law as a means of life and we've died to sin Galatians 2 19 and 20 says for through the law I died to the law so that I might live for God I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live but Christ lives in me the life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So that again talks to that dying. And then Romans 6, 2 to 8, By no means we are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, 
that we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. So you see all that, um, all those verses talking about dying, you know, um, dying to sin. And, you know, so what is this dying with Christ? When you died, um, or to die with Christ means that you needed to lay aside your old carnal ways of doing things. You need to crucify and deny deny your flesh and do things God's way from now on. So that's really what that is for you died. Yeah. Um, you know, it's dying to your way. And Matthew sixteen twenty four. then Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. So that's really what that dying is talking about. And I was just thinking about this, you know, I think often, you know, we'll definitely love the part that, you know, we, we've been raised with Christ and, you know, we're going to share in his resurrection and everything. But that dying mm. with him, I think that's a step that some people sort of like to bypass. Um, you know, that part of the whole process is, well, we've got to die and actually choose to lay aside all these old ways and yeah. things. And I think sometimes we might, you know, not be too happy to do that. And then going on to the second part, your life is now hidden in God. That hidden to me denotes security. Mm. And that's what you're saying. It's like, yeah, you know, when you're talking about covered with him, I think of <clears throat> Psalm 91 where it says, you know, you'll um, cover me with your feathers and yeah. under your wings I'll find refuge. So talking yeah. about security. And our lives are hidden him. And in, in, um, Jesus said in John 14, 19, Before long the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you will live also. And so our lives are just safe in him, and, and that's where I see that hidden as just being safe in him. It's in him. It's under his protection and his yeah. security. Yep. Yeah, safe as in, like, you'll occupy valuable the way in a safe. Like, that's how, you know, or your important documents, you know, we're hidden away, like something mm -hmm. valuable um, and kept safe. Yeah, and I think if we probably looked at the Greek roots and stuff of that word hidden, it would be more not just like English thing of you know, it would be that protection. Yeah, yeah, you not know, a being in, yeah, yeah, under thing. under security and under protection yeah. and provision. I like, like you that said. safe analogy. Yeah, yeah, we're, yeah. we're valuable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, um, when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with Him in glory. Okay, so Christ is our life, is the whole point of our life, is mm. our focus and what we're aiming for, you know, to become like Christ, to be an imitator of Christ. So everything is about him, you know, Paul writes in Philippians 1.21, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Carolyn, do you want to talk more about that? Yeah, so I just think that, you know, Christ, as you said, is your life, um, he gives us that life and he maintains that life in us. And John 6.35 says, uh, Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. So, you know, he is our whole provision. He is our very life, very breath we take. And we've got it. We've got eternal life and that's going to extend to our bodies as well one day. We'll be resurrected and we're going to have that new body as Christ um, was resurrected and got his new body. And 2 Corinthians 5, 4 says, For while we are in this tent, we groan and are burdened. So this is talking to that second part, you'll appear with him in glory. Um, sorry, while we are in this tent, we groan and are burdened because we do not wish to be unclothed, but clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling, so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. 
and you know that laugh that we have that now you know often people think eternal life is just only what's going to come later but we actually have it now we've got you know Christ in us and he's our life and and that as well has moral associations for us of holiness and righteousness mm. and we know that you know we have the righteousness of Christ as well so he's everything for us and he's already made all that provision and I like that, like you said, Philippians, for me to live as Christ and to die as gain. So either way, yeah. if you die, you gain because you're going to see him face to face. If you live and he's your life, then, you know, I think that's a real life. comfort. Like the world often like has a bit of a horror about when we die and oh, mm. it was an accidental death and gone before their time, mm. that sort of thing. But like God knows the day that we're going to yeah. die. Bible says it's appointed unto man once to die and then yeah. the judgment, so it's a set, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's no accident or mistake. Mm-hmm. With and all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to pass, right? So, yeah. yeah, you know, it's everything it about our life. Everything is part of God's, like, His plan, you know, so just be confident, that, you know, that I can have that security and God knows about it and it's going to be, He's got it in His hand and yeah. I don't need to fear it yeah. yeah but i think that is why the world does fear it because of you know we have hope because yeah. we know what's yeah. happening afterwards whereas if they don't believe in that or whatever or it's all such an unknown no for them unknown yeah. and scary mm. and whatever but for mm. me on days like we were talking about some days you think oh lord come now but not that i have a death wish but there's some days where i actually get excited yeah. and think like i'm gonna see him face to face yeah bring it on <laughs> death, death doesn't hold that same fear for us yeah yeah no that's so true mm. that's something that i've tried to instill in my children as well like mm. you know like i obviously i'm you know you try and teach them to hold your hand when they cross the road and yep. things like that but you know, and I want them to be, you know, cautious, but at the same time, you know, we talk about, you know, if, if for some reason we did die, what would happen? And my eldest son, he's like, oh, we'd be seeing Jesus, <laughs> you know, like it's just a matter of fact that yeah, that's, that's what will good. happen for him. Yeah. And, and so I'm like, yeah, so do we need to be scared about if we die? No. Yeah, so, awesome. yeah. yeah, so I think that's and to, to put that into him really early, yeah. just that absolute confidence. Yeah, that's really good because I still like I have to like discipline my mind. Like, no, if I die, I'm gonna see God, it's gonna be okay. Like, cause be, <gasps> unknown thing happening, yeah. And it'll be so you know, so, so quick, quick and yeah. instantaneous yeah. that it's not like you have to be hanging around for a long time afterwards before you, you know. I just have this horror of like a slow, painful. Death. Yeah, I think sometimes you can fear the method. But that's why you just, need to just, just not if think you think about, about it. you know, like the the, the blip in time, <laughs> as opposed right, to eternity. Yes, and, and just what Jesus is. Right. Yeah, he's taken all those keys of death. He's conquered death. I mean, which is the worst possible thing that you would think could happen to you. Yeah, that power's been taken away. Like yeah. you know, so for us, it's yeah. And and that's the thing as well. I think we don't realise. I mean, I'd you'd, I'd find myself probably doing this in the past, thinking like, oh, I hope the Lord doesn't come now, or I hope I don't die now, because I still want this and this to happen. <laughs> no, no God, my house. <laughs> yeah, just no concept of if I see Jesus face to face. Hey, I'm not going to want to come back. No. I'm not going to care <laughs> about those. You know, you've yeah. heard testimonies about people that yeah. have died and 
God for whatever reason wants to decides to send them back and they're like they don't want to go back yeah you know I mean it's the people left behind obviously yeah. that are going to feel so but okay. we will not I think if we realize there's no way we will be like seeing Jesus and saying <laughs> like okay send me back yeah no well I I think my biggest fear about time is like oh my, my kids and my husband mm. you know like and I'm like well, you know, don't you think God's going to look after them, do we? Yeah, yes, he is. <laughs> so what are you worried about? Okay, yeah. nothing. <laughs> okay, so let us also read. Okay, so we're going to move on to Colossians 3, verses 5 to 10. It says, Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which has been renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Right, so Paul gave us those doctrinal statements in the verses 1 to 4, being raised with Christ, for we died in our lives and are hidden in Christ. And then he's going on to give us the, the, you know, the ethical demands or the expected consequences, what that's practically going to look like in our lives we claim to believe the doctrine that we've been raised with Christ and that we've died and our lives are hidden with Christ. So these are expected changes in the way that we live and Paul um, outlines these in the verses. Right, so let's look at each verse um, on its own. This is verse 5. So put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires and greed, which is idolatry. Okay, so put to death. What does that mean? I, I just want to also just stress like what, what Lena's just said, that you know Paul gives the truth at the beginning about being raised with Christ. And it's really important that we realize, because we can just read over this, put to death this, all these things that he's saying, and just read it, oh, it's interesting or whatever. But to really realize that these are expected changes mm. that should be seen. There's so nothing we, wrong if it's not. Yeah, we're claiming... Um, to believe these truths, then we have got an absolute obligation to be putting what he now tells us into practice. And I think often, you know, we sometimes maybe want to claim the truth or the promise without all the almost <laughs> conditions or you all know, what you've got to do. to. <laughs> yeah. and, and it's really expected changes. It's not an optional extra if you feel like yeah. doing it. Um, so with that put to death, I, I said earlier, or well, I think on the last podcast, I, I think often that we might skip this step. You know, I've been raised with Christ and he died, but leave out the step of me dying, mm. put to death. And, um, you know, I, I read as well before that anyone who follows me must deny himself. And that's what Christ said, you've got to crucify your flesh. And I love how the Amplified puts that that put to death. The Amplified says, so kill, deaden, mm. deprive of power. So, you know, and the Greek is nekru, which is to mortify. And when I think of the word mortify, it's absolutely kill it dead. Yeah. Um, so, again, we see put to death, again, strong verb, strong action required on our parts. And, you know, the earthly natures, the lusts of the flesh are not just going to automatically vanish or stop when we accept Christ. It's been years and years of habit and sinful behaviors. And so, 
the onus is on us to put these to death in actual action and we need to daily crucify our flesh that's how we do it and I think it's important to remember that the flesh will always be with us so you know I know that um, before you sort of think you might get um, a certain area where you improve or whatever and you walk more in the spirit and less in the flesh and then you know you might have been doing that for a number of years and then suddenly this old thing rears its head again and you think oh where did that come from I thought that was dead and I think we need to remember that flesh is always there but as we starve it and not give into it you know hopefully we'll walk more by the spirit but it's still always there and so we've got to be aware of that and you've got to starve it of the things that it desires that flesh and I think sometimes we expect God to just tap us on the head with a magic wand and you know all of the lust addictions and cravings are simply going to vanish mm. and you know what God can do that and sometimes he does take them away but often he doesn't I say more often he doesn't and and we've got to determine who or what is Lord in our lives and then discipline our flesh we've got to allow our spirits with the Holy Spirit to drive our lives and not our flesh driving our life but our spirit and the way that we put these things to death is by refusing to indulge them or to feed our flesh and you know that takes place in all those little and big choices every minute of every day and we've got to cultivate the fruit of the spirit and we do that by these correct choices and you know I've said before it doesn't matter what you feel like doing fruit of the spirit is not a feeling it's a choice and you choose to do it God's way and putting to death can feel painful crucifying your flesh feels painful but we've still got to do it Romans 8 5 to 8 says those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires but those who live in accordance with the spirit have their minds set on what the spirit desires and you know that talks to as well what you're feeding and we spoke earlier in the last podcast about what your mind set on is what you desire and what mm. you go after and the mind governed by the flesh is death but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace the mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God it does not submit to God's laws nor can it do so those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God and I think that verse really strikes me as if for no other reason that is your biggest reason that to put to death your flesh because if you're in the realm of the flesh you cannot please God so you know that alone if you're in the flesh there's enough reason to put to death and apart from the fact then that you're gonna have a much better life anyway um, Romans 8 13 for if you live according to the flesh you will die but if by the spirit you put to death the the misdeeds of the body you will live so i mean those are two really good reasons the the other thing about putting something to death i i had never to be dug up or repeated or reused because yeah. once you've put something to death and you've buried it yeah you know you don't you know, it, it's not something that you can just go back to whenever you feel like. You know, <laughs> it's a pretty. It's not a gross. dog with a bone. It's you know, it's yeah. burying your dog. That's you really know? Like, <laughs> that's really gross example. But yeah, very it is. Good, but because how gross you know, would it be to go dig up exactly dead, something dead? Yeah. It's disgusting. Well, that's, and rotting and yeah. that's exactly what that's good. That nature yeah. is, you know, yeah, that's and good. with the earthly natures, like um, yeah, something that I, I thought about. I was like, well. You know, we often think with all those things that, that are listed like sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires and greed, which is idolatry. Um, you know, you can think of the, the obvious things that go with those. Um, 
Oh, did I just take you? No, I'm just agreeing. Okay. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Use your words, then. They cannot see your hands. They don't need to see mine. (laughs) You know, it's easy to see that obvious, you know, sexual immorality. It's just self-explanatory. But there's there's smaller things that, um, you know, that are in our earthly nature. You know, greed. Like, you, you might think, oh, you know, oh, greed, that must be, you know, if somebody wants lots of money all the time, but... You think about, you know, when you're serving up your meal and, <laughs> and you're hungry and it's like, well, I could give everyone the even portions or I could just give myself more. You know, like even, I know that's a really minor, minor example, but like but little darts with a small thing. That's exactly what I was saying. That's what I'm meaning. Like, you know, it, it, it can be such a small thing, but it's still, it's still out in our earthly nature to want more or to to desire things that we shouldn't you know and yeah (laughs) i just thought i'd put that in there but it's not always the big things that that are the things that we need to put to death as well it's those little things i love just going back to that example you had like you don't dig up something that's been buried like because it's just so gross to think Mm. of right that's like something that's going to stick in my mind like it's just making me think about you know people who are holding on to strongholds and stuff like it's like I don't know, it's like being a rotting corpse, isn't it? And you just like... It's like going out to, disgusting. The, like, to the compost bin just, just let to it check go. that it's still there. Because we just like, yeah, just let these things... Let's get them mm. out now and sort them mm. out. It's just... Um, so I think if you have that in your mind, if there's something you're not dealing with, it's like, oh, I don't want this on me anymore. I'm going to get rid of that. It's disgusting. Mm. It is. So our earthly nature is that self-centered desires the things that satisfy our senses and it lives just to you know please ourselves and mm. our senses yeah. really i like um the amplified um version talks about the earthly natures those animal impulses <laughs> <laughs> that's good hey yeah. and um you know just what you were saying earlier debbie about the little things the greed and all that and, and you know that idolatry as well where it talks about evil desires and greed which is idolatry mm. um you know idolatry as well can uh, is the sin of your mind against god and um so it can relate to anything in our life hey that's contrary to the word and contrary to god that we don't even realize because often you think of the word idol is just i've got a wooden statue in my house but it's not mm. can be any even thought mm that is contrary to the word of God Um, and that amplified as well um, puts that idolatry part there as the uh, deifying of self and other created things instead of God Um, that's what I was saying that you know I thought it was an interesting concept of it being idolatry you know greed but if we're greedy and it means that we're wanting something wanting so much of something that isn't God that we're putting it above God as an idol. Yeah. So and, and money is one of those big and, things. And the root of it is self, isn't it? it Selfish. Is yeah, yeah. 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 And that, um, just to go back as well to that um sexual immorality, uh, you know, that comes as well from the Greek um this fornication, the Greek word porneia, which you know come you can know what comes from there. Um, you know, so sex outside marriage, but it also includes adultery. And, you know, it's interesting. I was just thinking of that, like the terminology today is premarital sex. And, um, you know, which is actually what the Bible calls it's the sin of fornication. But how many people, even in churches, I think that religious um, correctness 
to say premarital sex, it sounds less offensive than to say, hey, fornication, mm. you know, mm. and we've got to call sin for what it is, but just even looking at even within the church, I think that's crept in. Um, I think it's such a big area of compromise for Christians. Yeah. You look at it in its many forms and like even the people in the church only see it as an obvious action. Yes. Rather than like it starts with your heart and your mind. Yeah. Um, you know, whatever we look at with lust is, you know, that sexual morality. And just think about like what's on TV and what's in books these days. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, even the advertisements, like the catalogues, um, it doesn't have to be a, you know, pornography map to be sexual immorality, yeah, you know? Yeah. How many movies and books are all just sexually explicit? Like, you're driving your car and there's a billboard of yeah. bikini-clad women or half-naked men. And you know, the thing is as well, that you get some people that think, oh, well, that man's got a dirty mind or this or that or whatever, he needs to deal with himself. But we all have to help with this because... God actually created men to be stimulated by sight. So like you say, driving in those billboards, they've got it there all the time and mm. they have to battle that constantly. Mm. You know, and like you said, even like um I'm often very aware of like the catalogues that might come from a clothing shop with the bras and pants mm. and stuff and the woman, you know, like for men that as well is a yeah. struggle to see all that kind of thing. So mm. and you know, one thing that I was really thinking I went on a little bit of a soapbox, yeah, but um, for me as well, that sin of fornication or that sexual immorality um, can also, and, and even the idol worship, it can there can be a spiritual adultery as well, the sexual immorality. And, you know, you might get um, people that, and just follow me, my track might seem a bit random, but I'll get there. But I find some Christians, so they profess to adhere to Christianity and be Christians, but God's not first because they don't appear to and obey his word. And that's a form of idolatry. Um, and I've said as well, as far as I'm concerned, it's also spiritual adultery. And we face situations, and every one of you in this room knows, where um, you know, you've, you've been slandered and attacked verbally, or you've been given the silent treatment, ignored, or you've been accused from people who are claiming to be Bible-believing Christians because they're so outraged that you've applied scripture to a situation. Yeah. To me, they're committing spiritual adultery, and that might sound hard, but I really, you know, that's what I feel because they're following the ways of the world. They are attacking you and saying, yeah. you shouldn't be judging, you shouldn't be offending, you know, you judging by doing this, where you're actually applying the Word of God yeah. and you're not doing it in a legalistic way. Yeah. And that, so they are following the ways of the world in that case when they bring in accusation and they're professing to follow Christ, but they're compromising over that application of His Word and they're actually siding with the guilty. Mm. and slandering the person who's upholding the standard mm. and um, you know they're not even following basic scriptures that would say well hang on come and face us and hear the other side of the story they're taking offense on the base of, of hearsay and gossip mm. and they're getting offended because you're applying scripture and they're not seeing the hypocrisy of their accusations and slander they accuse you of not loving and Jesus clearly said if you love him you'll obey his commands but you know, they're offended because you're taking scripture to mean what it says and you're actually following it. Yeah. Um, you know, but Jesus said we will have cost in obeying him, so we'll gladly have to try and please him rather than man. Yeah. And that's what you were saying earlier, Debbie. It's like, well, they can think this of me, but I'm going to have to stand before him, so who am I going to please? But just really think about that. Like, is that not spiritual adultery? Yeah. Where they are saying 
I'm a Christian, you know, and God spoke to the Israelites about this, you know, you run after these tribes or you, you follow their ways. So you're following, they are claiming to follow Christ, but yet they're going the way of the world by bringing all this PC rubbish and saying, oh, you being like this and that and yeah. hammering you. And that's the way of the world. Yeah. The church should be holding up a standard. Mm. And when we apply scriptures and hold the standard, you shouldn't be getting attacked for that. So, mm. yeah. Well, people just want to hear what's good to the ears, isn't it? Itchy. <clears throat> That's and whatever makes them itchy feel ears good. Yeah. Yeah. Just another thing that I was thinking, you know, with this verse, you know, when it says put to death the earthly nature, whatever belongs to the earthly nature, I know um, of someone that had said to my husband, um, they had, well, like, he knew that he had um, committed adultery and he... Is, says he's a Christian, and he said to my husband, "Oh, um, I've 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 got I've um, basically I've dealt with this with God." So, but he's still with... in that same relationship, so and you know, so he's with... gone and asked for forgiveness from God. And, but I'm still doing it. But I'm still doing it. So you know what I'm saying is, you know, you, that's not putting to death the earthly yeah, nature. At all. That's just. It's not even doing anything. It's really just giving lip yeah. service and yeah. going, "Oh, yeah. sorry, God." Sorry. Yeah, you know, it, it's it's like and you see, you there cannot, there's no true repentance no, there because no, that's repentance it. is turning totally yeah. away from that. And yeah. like you say, if he's still in it, you yeah. haven't done any business no, with that's God. It. That's yeah. exactly it. But yeah, like a lot of people think that, oh, well, I've done the wrong thing. I need to say sorry. Yeah. I'll move on from that. Yeah, but <laughs> like. Especially in, in that sort of a situation, you know, where they've left their marriage and yeah. walked away. And, it's and like, clearly well, he still wants to hold on to it yeah. because I've said sorry, but I'm not stopping. Yeah. So like you say, the sorry so is not really sorry, but yeah. I'm not sorry. Yeah. I want to hold on to it. Yeah. So it's really important to put that to put it to death, to death and yeah. to have that true repentance. And, so. and, and, and even there we talk, we talk about it and, you know, what you were saying as well, Lena, there's a lot of compromise on this in the church and... You know, I know, um, you know, like, that you've taken a stand and stuff. And even that as well, like other Christians not taking a stand, there's scriptures that speak to that. Like if you, it says clearly, if someone claims to be a brother, so claims to be a Christian, and they're in the sexual immorality, mm. have nothing to do with them. Do not even eat with them. Mm. Yeah. And, um, you know, a lot of Christians are not applying that and not doing that. And, and they would come out and say, oh, you're being legalistic or whatever. No, you're not. The yeah, word of well, God's clear. And if the whole church was doing it, these people, because it's designed to bring them to their senses, yeah. would. But because there's so much compromise and people are not doing it, then they carry on like this person in sin and yeah. carrying on, you know. And it's where they're going to end up, in hell. Mm -hmm. And and because you don't, you're not speaking to them or you, you're having nothing to do with them, yeah. it can be seen that you don't love them. Well, when that's when the, it's the yeah. complete opposite, opposite, that you care yeah. so much about them, and you want to you see them, to shun them in heaven. Yeah. You don't yeah. want to see yeah. them. Yeah. You willing and to destroy your relationship in order that yes, they, will, to, yeah, that they have, will have that relationship. And that they will actually, because yeah. the whole point of shunning or having nothing to do is to bring them to their senses that yeah. they say, hang on, let me look at this. If it's so drastic, mm. drastic, they're not talking. And as you say, it's a complete, that is love. Mm. Um, because it's harder, you've got to stand against all the false accusations. You've got to like destroy the relationship and whatever, and have all these said about you. Mm. Whereas they compromising, and and you know, I don't know this whole love. This oh, like, do they not read the word of God? You know, 
they say they do, but when it comes yeah. to applying that, it's just, yeah, mm. another bug there. Yep, soapbox. <laughs> um, yeah, and I just think too, because this is such a like such an easy area for Christians to get taken out in, like you really, if it's especially if it's a problem area, you need to make sure you've got safeguards in place. Mm. Um, you know, like so much of the world, even like just a basic TV show is designed to thrill the senses and, you know, even if it doesn't have, you know, sexual acts in it, it's designed to, um, you know, lead people along and, you know, you can watch movies and end up rooting for the couple to have, you know, sex and commit adultery. Um, that's what the world just wants you to encourage you into, this more and more sexual immorality and... And that it's natural and it's just yeah. the way that it should yeah, be. Yeah, because that right? other husband was terrible, so it's all right for her to, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, it's always just trying to lead you on to the next step and the next step and the next step. So, mm. you know, like, Ben and I just get so severe about it these days. Like, the, you know, get rid of the TV show, check out the book, don't look at the catalogues, you know. And you seem um, like a crazy person because who doesn't open their junk mail with? Yeah. And, um, you know, another thing as well that flows on from that and, like you're saying, surround yourself with safeguards and stuff and it seems, you know, it's all natural. And I think as well, and you find with Christians, you know, there may, you know, there will be cases where they get divorced or there's adultery that goes on. And I, I think, you know, a big warning for the innocent party who hasn't committed adultery yeah, so if the other person has and, you know, you've separated and you, you know, waiting a bit of time or in the process and the divorce takes X amount of time, you know, even if you find somebody else or whatever and you were totally innocent there, do not start any kind of relationship until that whole divorce is finalised because otherwise you're stepping into adultery yourself. Yeah. Mm. And that's another thing, you know, the Bible says if it's that, you you basically disqualify from remarrying. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people don't, you know, look at that. So just really be careful of that as well if you are the innocent party. Yeah, and get godly advice. Yeah. yeah. You know, this big, so many people do not know the word in this area. They will give you bad advice that will have long-lasting consequences yeah. for you. And, you know, it's just if you just wait and do it God's way, then, you know, yeah be the right way and you may have that second chance at, you know yeah. whatever but just don't step into it mm -hmm. the wrong timing mm. so on that joyful note let's wrap up our book <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, but, can I just can yeah, I, yeah. as we wrap up the reason why we keep saying all these things is because of verse 6 because of these things the wrath of God is coming <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just want to end it on that high <laughs> but that is that is why we are so passionate about yeah. helping people to or being like we are with people to to help them it's not a self-righteous thing it's it's because god is coming yeah exactly and you want <laughs> so, to stand before him yeah yeah all right, um, so can we just reiterate again like how important it is for you to personally get in the word for yourself? Um, you know, we don't want just like secondhand knowledge, but get into the word yourself mm. and begin to get that real deep understanding of the word. Okay, um, if you want to get in contact with us, you can find us on our website www.life-house.net. Um, and also just check out a lot of our other podcasts. You know, we've got 
um, some great teaching on end times and spiritual warfare and um, our sermon podcast, which is really good too. Anyway, have a good week. We'll see you next time. Thank you.